All right, all right, we're live, we're live. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2023. Happy New Year, we're in the new year, having a good time, making our way downtown, moving fast, trying to get to Starfield, trying to get the Silk Song, trying mm. to get the Spider-Man 2. Mm. Got a lot of stuff coming up in 2023, but this week, or yeah, this week, we're looking back. We're looking back on 2022, but before we do that, just a quick check-in. Just a quick check-in. How, how are you? How was your Christmas? How was your New Year? Uh, new Year celebration. New Year's celebration. New Year, new me celebration. Yeah, uh, right. overall, uh, the, the holidays came and went, you know, very quickly. I think everybody will always say that, but, you know, definitely had a great time spending time with family. Got to see my mom um, and some of my cousins for Christmas Eve. Spent time with uh, Angelique's folks for Christmas Day. Um, linked up with you after, you know, post Christmas, that was a, a fun little time as well. And overall, I'd say, um, des- despite the fact that, you know, I didn't take any time off officially, um, it was still nice and relaxing, you know, not having to do too much work, um, uh, with my company. So, uh, overall good little time and I'm, I feel refreshed, ready to go into this new year. This new year is about to be crazy for me, baby on the way, uh, you know, mm-hmm. big, big life changes. So I'm, I, I think that this break was the break that I needed, even though it wasn't a real break. You know what I mean though? This end of the year was the refresh that I needed to fully be able to tackle this upcoming year in terms of life and in terms of video games. You feel me? You feel me? I feel you. I feel you. I just took a photo for my be real. Are you on be real? I know of Be Real. Is that the one where it's like one photo taking you and like you know it's activates your selfie and your main Correct. camera? Correct. What yeah. is, I don't, but I don't get it though. Can you can you explain to me what is the purpose of it? Is it a social so, media? Yeah, it's a little social media app. Uh, basically, you have the app. It'll tell you when, like some at some point in the day, some random point, it'll basically be like, "Hey, we're taking a picture." And you're supposed to take the picture right, right then and there, no matter what mm. you do. Just snap the photo. Uh, granted, it really doesn't matter. There's no penalty. It'll just say you posted a little bit late. You could really take like once you get the alert, you could take at any point before like the next alert comes. So basically, everybody's taking a little snapshot of what they're doing theoretically at the same time in the day. Um, now I will say I've been on this app for uh, several months at this point, but when I first had it. I realized that it takes both cameras, takes a picture of both cameras. And I did, didn't like that, and I uninstalled it immediately. I was like, Damn, I'm not going to was like, no, please, give it a chance. <laughs> give it I a chance. It a chance. <laughs> I gave it a second chance, and uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. So go ahead and, uh, Interesting. Go ahead and download it. Uh, get Angelique to download it, and then y'all can both uh at me and Amanda. On your so the purpose list. is to like see it at the you, you review at the end of the year or like I mean, we... they do have it, but it's like everybody has like you have yeah friends and stuff. So it's kind of like Instagram. It's, it's like an Instagram story, but it's a picture. Yeah, it's like an Instagram story, but okay. it's a picture. And there's not there's no filters. There's no like it's not, real. You can kind of frame yeah. it, but it's like hey, you're taking the front camera and the other camera. You're it's kind of like capturing everything. So. Um, it's not perfect. I'll tell you that it's not perfect, but it's interesting. It's an interesting little thing. And it's right now I don't have a ton of friends, so it is fun to, uh, you know, see what 
10 people are up. Like, I got who I got on here. I got What's the uh, rundown. I got Michael Lee on here. Like, just random people like that. You remember Michael, Michael Lee? Lee. From, uh, yeah. from Tech, right? And y'all went to high school yeah. together? That Michael? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, just random. That's the, that's the homie right there. We used to carpool for our internship back in uh, Oh, yeah, I remember that. College. I remember yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Michael man. Lee. Shout out Michael Lee. He looks like he's doing pretty good. Excellent. Speaking of, Emily's on here, too. Okay. So, you know, we got a lot of Everybody's being real. Yeah, but anyway, go ahead and get on there. Get your baby one. Get you one, Anjali. So make three accounts. Yeah. All right, I got you. I got you. pictures in the, in the womb. We got That's you, bro. We, we got the technology. Um, anyways, anyways, we got we got a game of the year episode to get to. So, quick updates on my side. Came back to Georgia for the week. Had a good time. Ate several. Ate at Chick Fil A several times. Ate Hell at, yeah. Uh, ate at Taco Bell. I think that's it's a wrap for me at Taco Bell. <laughs> it was a great little reunion. <laughs> but I was like, oh nah. Like, a, my yeah, body nah. has now evolved past being able to process whatever they put in this. this oh meal. yeah, understandable. It was, it was a good like one little reunion, <laughs> class class reunion, but I was like, I got sick. Not sick, but my stomach was like, oh no, my stomach I'm It was rejecting it. I was like, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Chick fil A, obviously, that's still pristine. Excellent. Um, Wait, how I forget how close Chick fil A is to you in 30 Seattle. Minutes. 30, 30 minutes. minutes. I mean, basically, Damn. we're only getting Chick fil A on special occasions. Special right? occasions, I it's feel like, like, you know how you feel when you get Auntie Anne's? Like, if you're somewhere where yeah. you can get Auntie Anne's, you're turning yeah, up. Yeah, That's yeah. basically how it is for okay. Chick-fil-A with for us now. Um, so, yeah, just had a, you know, had my strawberry cream donut from, from Sublime. So, Sublime, you know, we, turn up. We're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, I'm curious, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Um, I actually have some, you know, a couple of resolutions. That I've been thinking about, you know, besides the obvious, like, you know, wanting to get healthier, losing weight, blah, blah, blah. I want to develop some skills because I think that okay. the way I view myself as a person, I view myself as like a, a jack of all trades type character. Mm. You know, I've never been mm. good. Like, you know, I've never been the goat at one thing. Oh, my God. Mm. I see that Kratos bust behind you, bro. Oh, that I shit for, is I terrifying. Yeah, we got to tell you this. So for <laughs> Christmas, yeah, 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 oh, we gotta talk about this one real quick. This shit that was terrifying. Three D printed head of Kratos. <laughs> oh so, I'm supposed to hang my uh, headphones on it, but here it is. Uh, you can't see it, so you know I'll put it in the Discord. Put it in Discord. <laughs> this is it right here. I'm so glad it was perfectly framed. <laughs> Like so you could see it. Otherwise, I would have forgotten again. So yeah, I was looking at you, and then my eyes just like darted over for a second. I was like, "Oh no!" Nah. <laughs> <laughs> just staring right in my soul. Wow, yes, sir, he's quite quite you, the bro. bus. You got to get that shit painted too. That should be pretty nice. Pretty nice. But anyways, what was I saying? Resolutions beyond the health related resolutions. Want to develop some skills? I was talking about me being jack of all trades. I want to expand on that, bro. I want to, you know reach out a little bit. So I'm thinking, you know, what can I pick up this year as a skill? So I set myself up. I want to develop two skills. So we'll check back at the end of the year, see what I've picked mm-hmm. up. If I picked up anything, I want to read two books because I have not, my ass has not been reading, bro. I'm basically illiterate at this point. So I got to get back into the practice. Mm-hmm. I want to work on three projects, you know, just very open-ended, you know, could be technologically related, non-technologically related. And I want to, I want to take the first steps towards uh, becoming a businessman. Oh, what does and that mean? 
I've I've got a couple business ideas, you know. Okay, bro. Okay. There's one I don't know. I'm not I'm not gonna share on podcast, but the others mm-hmm. are probably gonna be later on down the line in my life. But I've always wanted to. I, I want to own a, a brunch restaurant. You know, uh, I've, I've heard you talk about. You've heard show. me talk about brunch yeah. restaurants yeah. before, right? You know, it's just my favorite meal of the day is breakfast, or I guess you know breakfast, lunch, brunch. So I figured, yeah. why not own a brunch restaurant one day? So I want to make the first steps towards learning about business, learning about what it takes to maybe, you know, operate some type of, you know, food oriented business. But that actually is my second business that I want to get into. The first one is the one that's under wraps. And uh, I might tell you off podcast, but I'm not letting the people at home. You're not stealing my idea. That's all I'm going to say. If you were to come up with a business idea, I feel like the thing that I can see you pitching is like, oh, I'm going to make this type of sauce. Like you're like, oh, yeah, I have the idea for this sauce. Maybe it's barbecue sauce. Maybe some some random condiment. That seems okay. like some shit you would be like. You think I'm a sauce you know, man? Like, okay, you're a sauce man. Not to say that that. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm gonna hopefully remember to inquire about this after the, after uh, the episode. Can you put in the chat. Can you put like a keyword in the chat so I have an idea what you're talking I'll put, about? I'll put so a. Hopefully, remember. I'll put two. And this is the whole idea. Okay, the whole idea I'm about to get. Oh, interesting, interesting. But I but I, I have to I have to elaborate a little bit because it's a yeah. little when you see just what I've typed, if you were to see this, you'd be like, Okay, well, all right, I guess. <laughs> but I'll elaborate a little further. Okay, okay. Uh I think obviously I'm the same more more, you know, I have the I wanna work out get more consistent with my workout plan, obviously mm-hmm. this year, all that all the generic stuff. But one thing I do want to try and do is get off of my phone a little bit more mm. or off of social media a little bit more uh, because it definitely is in the place where if I'm just bored or I have like dead time, I just get on social media and, you know, I'll spend 30 minutes just on Twitter or whatever. Um, I want to, I got a whole bunch of graphic novels over here. I want to read. That's true. Uh, I can, you know, I can't, maybe can't watch a movie. Every time I got downtime, but, <laughs> you know, reading these graphic novels, maybe picking up a book, maybe working on some ideas for YouTube channel and all that stuff. I also want to grow my YouTube channel. I don't have any concrete goals on that yet, but hopefully, you know, I will have some later. But anyways, that is the cool stuff that we are thinking about for the new years. But like I said, this is about a previous year. We're talking about 2022 and the games we played. So I want to just not waste too much more time. Uh, and jump into our top games of the year discussion. Yeah. Right, top games of the year discussion. So without further ado, time to get into the regular show. As soon as I kick in the intro. Wait a second. Wait a second. Intro All machine, bro. All my media is missing. All my media is oh. missing. missing. So you know what? We're just going to put it in post. Put it in post. I'll just put it in post. Is a riverside. Oh, what the hell is this? Hey, okay, no, wait a minute. Play. I wanted to play. Uh, oh, this is it. Powered by Riverside. Side F- F- They're playing games in 2023. They're playing games, all right? Not looking good for Riverside right now. Anyways, um, I'll, I guess we'll have a little pause here and then I'll just open it up.
Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 235 of the Player Player Podcast. Before we get started, I want to give a big thank you to the both old and new additions to our crew tuning in to listen to us do what we do. And what is that, our sin? Talk about video games. Talk about video games. Every Thursday of every week, we gather around the virtual water cooler and the culture. And whoa, what? I'm like reading the script. And my brain was like, actually, we're going to do this today. Actually, we're going to say this. Every Thursday of every week, we gather around the virtual water cooler to discuss video games and the culture surrounding them. I'm your host, Joseph Cooper, a.k.a. The Who Man, along with my co-host, my fellow Game of the Year panelist, Arsene Lakpa. Hello there, Joseph. Uh, it's me, Arsene Lakpa, here. Um, you know, today we've got a lot of great games to talk about, um, you know, and I think that I'm not going to hold you guys for too long. Okay, we've got great games to talk about, and we're going to let you guys know our top 10 games. Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, 2022, um, very interesting year. We came in expecting a lot of stuff, a lot of the big games that we're still still waiting for dates for. <laughs> Starfield, we don't have a date for. Silk Song, we don't have a date for. We did get Elden Ring. That was a big, big one that we were mm-hmm. you know, really looking forward to. Tears of the Kingdom, we have a date for. Still not, still don't have it on our hands. Been waiting quite a while for that. See a um, stars, see a stars. We're still waiting for it, but I don't think the year ended up being too bad. All right, even though a lot of the highly marketed, highly anticipated AAA games, indie games, either didn't come out or did come out, and we're kind of like meh. I think we still ended up with some pretty solid games this year. So that's what we're going to discuss uh, here today. As always, guys, if you are interested in joining the conversation, just chopping it up, having a good time, you can join the Discord, playerplayerpod.com slash Discord. All the links to uh, the Discord, the social media uh, channels, all that good stuff are in the description of this podcast. So go in there. While you're there, go ahead and rate us five stars on your podcast platform of choice, preferably iTunes or Spotify. Subscribe so you can you know listen to every episode every Thursday when they release. But I'll, without further ado, what we're going to do here is we both have a list. We have top 10 games of the year. We also have uh, honorable mentions. We both have. We also have a little list of games that we really enjoyed this year that didn't release this year, but we still want to shout out. So um, I guess we'll start with honorable mentions. I, want, I guess we can kind of run through some of the games that maybe just barely missed or like, oh, well, you know, had potential, but didn't quite make it. Um, on our on our top ten, and I'm gonna start with you, Arsene. Do you okay. have an honorable mention you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, I think I'm gonna start us off a little strong here. I'm gonna go for Signalis as my uh, first honorable mention. Um, I think you know you guys can tune into our episode where we kind of did a deeper dive on Signalis. You know, uh, about a month or two ago. Uh, great game, in my opinion. I thought it was very fun, and it was a great homage to the old school. Um, like Resident Evil style games from like the PS1, PS2 era. However, I think it fell a little flat when we got to the end. Uh, I think both of us uh, agreed that it, you know, had that potential, but then it went on a little bit too long to the point where it kind of felt like it overstayed its welcome. So that's the reason why I could not include it in my uh, my official top 10 list, but it's definitely an honorable mention. Um, yeah, great gameplay. Interesting, very weird story. And a nice little uh, pixel gross-out graphics, in my opinion. Yeah, I guess that would probably be on my list as well, although I don't have it uh, written down here. Um, 
yeah, it was pretty good. But yeah, the survival horror genre is kind of already not personally <laughs> my bag. Um, like Resident Evil 2 was a game that I enjoyed, but stressed me the hell out. Um, and that probably would have made my top 10 list that year. I don't know if we did. I'm sure we did the podcast that year and I'm sure it did not make it. Uh, but maybe we can go back and listen yeah. to the What year was 10, that? 2018, uh, I think. 2018? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't remember how we did Game of the Year last that year, but um, it'd be interesting if we went back and saw what we actually uh, listed as our top 10. Um, but yeah, Signalis, great game, great, well-designed. Just a couple flaws that I saw, especially getting a little long in the tooth in terms of uh, the pacing and... Um, just, just some downright confusing stuff, but overall, good <laughs> game. Um, the first one I want to call out is Rogue Legacy 2. Rogue Legacy 2 is a game that I've been playing. Okay. Um, I think it's a really, really solid roguelite. Um, it probably is one of the best roguelites of the year, to be honest. Um, there's a lot of really cool mechanics in the game. Um, it's not a game where you have you need to have had played Rogue Legacy 1. Um you can just jump in at two and just have a good time. But they have a ton of classes you can play and do runs with. They have a ton of like random traits that you get every time you die. If you're, if you're not familiar with Rogue Legacy, every time you die, uh, you get to choose between like one of like three characters, and each character has like a new trait, and it's basically like the next set of heirs in the bloodline. So you basically pick the the next descendant of your bloodline to kind of you know tackle the challenge of the the area runs um and the game is kind of tough like i still haven't made it out of the first area or i guess i have made it out of the first area but i haven't beat the first area's boss um but i think my only complaint with it besides it being a little pretty tough but i mean that's kind of all roguelites uh is like the graphics aren't a hundred percent there for me the graphics are kind of mm. like cyanide and happiness looking ass graphics <laughs> which is totally fine yeah, don't but do them like that I mean, that's like totally a really small nitpick, but I, mean, I think the reason that it's not higher or didn't crack my top 10 is just because I didn't really get sucked in and I didn't have enough time to really dig, dig, dig and, and, and get really deep into the game. But uh, I plan to play more in 2023 and hopefully maybe it'll make the list of games I enjoyed that I didn't that didn't come out this year in the 2023 list. So shout out to Rogue Legacy 2. Cool, cool. Uh, back on my end, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, take us back to the beginning of the year, a game that I think went under probably everybody's radar here, uh, except for, except for me, because nothing gets under what was that? Can I guess what you're about to say? Yeah, go ahead. I want to see what you're going to guess. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say nobody saves the How world. How did he know? How did he know? He's, he read me like a book, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. You activated my trap card. Bro, I just got read like a goddamn Junie B. Jones book. That's crazy. <laughs> so uh, tell us. Tell us. Tell us why it's on your honorable mention. I'll tell you exactly why. Um, another game by Drinkbox Studios, uh, Nobody Saves the World, was you know quite the departure from what I was used to from the studio. They you know made the... My one of my favorite uh, Metroidvania platformers, uh, Guacamelee, that series, uh, Guacamelee One and Two. Uh, so this was a completely different game. We're now in a top-down. Uh, I guess the best way to describe it is almost like one of the top-down Zelda games. Um, so it's like you know an open-world adventure-style game, and in this game, you play as a character named Nobody, 
who has the ability to kind of use this magic wand to transform into different creatures and like take on their superpowers. Um, the premise itself uh, really uh, drew me in. I was like, okay, this is awesome. It seems like a, it'll be a really fun game. However, this one also fell a little flat with because it had a, a story that kind of was just, you know, it, it, the story just was flat, I guess is the best way to describe mm-hmm. it. I felt, you know, coming off of it, I was like, uh, all right. I mean, it, it did what the title said. Nobody saved the world. Cool. But I didn't really ever feel like I cared about the characters that much. Um and I kind of had higher hopes, you know, coming from Drinkbox because I really cared about uh, Juan in Guacamelee One and Two. Like I felt like I was like, okay, yeah, uh, the, the the world is at stake. I think in the second one, uh, the, yeah, the multiverse was at stake in the second one. The first one, oh. I think uh, his girlfriend or something, you know, it was kind of like a you know, typical like Save the Princess style um, mm-hmm. situation. So those that that felt like a better. I don't know. It just felt those felt like a better better stories to me than what Mind we got. Uh, nobody saves the world. It was a little uh, cringy in some ways. So, no. um, other than that, the gameplay was fun to play through. It was fun to like kind of uh, you know create these combos with various characters. You could like turn into this like slug character that could slow people down. Then you switch to this like bodybuilder that can like combo that into like you know being able to you know you slowed somebody now. Now you can like charge up a really heavy attack. And be able to like you know knock somebody out in one punch, you know different things like that. So I thought that the gameplay mechanics were really interesting, and for that, we're putting nobody saves the world on the honorable mentions list. Okay, okay. Uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, my second to last honorable mention: Vampire Survivors mm, did not excellent. make my top ten. It was very close. It was very close, and I'm saving the last one, which was also very close. The last one will shock you. I promise you it'll shock you. But uh, Vampire Uh-oh. Survivors, um, great game. It's very addicting, and it's like it's one of those games where playing is believing, where you're like, you look at the, the screenshots, you look at the gameplay, and you're like, oh, what is this? Like, <laughs> this shit is ass. People cannot be hyped about this. There's no way. And then you start playing, and you're like, oh. Wait a second. I could do it a little bit longer. I could survive a little bit longer. Yeah, play yeah. A little more and you're like, oh wait, I got this weapon. Oh wait a sec. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. I could do it longer <laughs> next time. And you just get sucked into this loop where it's like, oh, these little. First it's like, oh, you're surviving eight minutes. Oh, these little eight minute matches. I'll play a couple, and then I realized, oh, I can unlock permanent upgrades if I play. Mm-hmm. If I I'm like, it's just like it opens up so much, and you have all these levels and stuff, and it just becomes a really addicting game based off a really really simple premise like there's a very little gameplay it is very much hey i'm moving around it's auto shooting you know there's a little strategy in how you move i guess how you kite the enemies all that stuff but Mm -hmm. for the most part it's like hey i'm just moving around and i'm being very strategic about what builds i make based off of the, the upgrades that i get and that's pretty much it and i'm surprised how far that just that simple concept gets you so shout out to vampire survivors i think it has all of the makings to uh, have cracked my top ten, but just you know, just is right on the the, the cusp. Yeah, yeah, it was also you know kind of on my uh, on honorable mentions uh, list as well you know, for the same reasons you've listed. Um, and I, but I think it is definitely even though it's on the honorable mentions list, I think it might be a must play for most people. Mm-hmm. Just to mm-hmm. just you know sink your teeth in it for a little bit, let it marinate, and then you know report back, and let us know. Um, it's on Game Pass. Obviously, you know, that means you don't have to pay for it. Or if you want to pay for it, it's literally four bucks. Or 
I don't know how much it is on mobile, but it's on mobile now. So it's even more. It's like one of the most accessible games out there. Um, And it's just a lot of fun for no for no damn reason. It doesn't need to be this fun, but it is. Mm -hmm. Everybody go and check out Vampire Survivors. Um, back to me. I'm gonna say this one is my. This next one will be my second to last. Um, honorable, honorable mention. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. Okay. This game, quite the fun little uh, beat 'em up game. I, I never. I didn't. Pl- you know, grow up playing the original ter- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle like beat 'em up style games. I played them a little bit at like arcades and whatnot. So I've seen. And I, so I've seen the appeal. This was the first one that I really got to, you know, sink my teeth into. I played through the entire game. Uh, I played through it by myself, and I still had a fun time. I can only imagine, like, playing with, like, a group of friends. You'll probably have, like, you know, that – you take the number of friends you have with you, and that's – you multiply that times the amount of fun you had. We're doing mm-hmm. math equations right here, bro. That's how go. much That's how much fun you get while playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, the only reason it's not in top ten, I just think that – it is just uh it's just another beat it's a, it's a beat 'em up, you know. I, I can't really justify it moving up being so high in my list really. I didn't mm-hmm. really have any flaws with the game. It's just like, you know, I don't know. Maybe the, the, the genre itself holds the holds the game back. Give me you know what I want from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Take me back to the Battle Nexus age. You remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Battle Nexus? Hell no, that sounds like bro, some nightmares. Nah, bro. These are they're, they had like uh, this was back when they used to make games for like when they would make one game and then they would put it on all the systems. So they had like a Game Boy version, they had a <laughs> you know GameCube version, PlayStation Two version. Those would be like the same, but like the portable versions would be like you know different. Huh. Those games were pretty lit, and then they were still they weren't beat 'em ups. They were just more so like action platformers. So I want T- I want TMNT to get back on that. Okay. Me, let me let me let me hear a little bit about that, fellas. And well, then maybe we'll, I'll be the back. The success on. of this one, uh, tribute so. games who developed this, maybe they'll move on to something else. Maybe so. Uh, okay, my final honorable mention on my list. Uh, coming in real at the final hour. Coming okay. At the final hour almost made the top ten, and if this would have made the top ten, I would have. I, I really wanted to make it just for the the shock factor, but I, I couldn't I, I couldn't justify it. Okay. Yeah, Pokemon Violet Ooh. coming in at my album, which is always making my top okay, ten. Okay, okay, I get behind as, it. As a uh, person who has been very adamant about how much they liked <laughs> and disliked Pokemon Sword, um, as a person who uh, just do, does not put, like performance issues. All this types of stuff. I was so reluctant to buy this game, and quite mm-hmm. frankly, I still didn't buy it. I got it for, as a Christmas gift, <laughs> and I played it on like a decent bit while I was in Atlanta. And I gotta say, it's kind of fire. It's kind of fire. It's all the, like it's still. I I say all of the Pokemon charm, all that magic is back. All right, everyone. Yeah, let's go. Pokemon Sword, which was devoid of any sort of magic, it was just kind of hollow and boring and kiddish. All the magic is back. It's back, Pokemon baby. Violet, based on what I played so far, mm, there mm, is that mm. that like kiddish flair where it's like, all right, bro, like I really wish I could just skip through all this stuff you're telling me because I really don't need to listen to you, mm-hmm. um, type stuff. But other than that, game is fantastic, and I think it's entirely because of the open world pokemon walking around like 
the collecting is so much more fun than it has ever been in a Pokemon game because there is it's not just an RNG like, hey, this encounter is impeding my progress. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to try and avoid walking in the grass at all points because I just want to progress in the game. Now it's becoming, hey, like I'm traveling to this next location, and this is, this is saying, oh, this random Pokemon could be in the area. Let me walk around and see if I can find see this, po- can this see random him. Pokemon. See if I can see him. Oh, this Pokemon, like I found so many shinies because I'm like, wait. That's not the right color. Oh shit! It's a shiny. <laughs> Let me catch it. Like all of those moments that could have never been possible in the original iteration of Pokemon that are now possible just make this game so much more fun. Mm-mm-mm. Having your Pokemon walk around, do auto battles, all that stuff is super, super sick. I will say I'm not the biggest fan of like how we have gone about like the actual towns and cities i feel like yeah. i do like the cities and towns from like the very not not definitely not sword of shield but like the core pokemon games more whereas like oh like this city has like this ghost tower and you know all the gyms are pretty much the same where you do have to battle you know these i don't know uh minty trainers i guess these these runner-up trainers before you get the gym leader i like all of that stuff um and now in the current iteration it's like hey we're gonna make you do a mini game yeah i want the experience bro i want to i want (laughs) to give somebody some hands all right so so that's the only part that i'm not the biggest fan of i wish there were more scripted battles uh, a lot more scripted battles that aren't just like people you find on the road but other than that man catching pokemon like the essence of gotta catch them all is so strong in this i'm like i will net will i even finish this game i keep getting sidetracked by trying to look for pokemon so Shout out to Pokemon. And also, uh, performance issues. The the frame rate is absolute dog water. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not stable at all. It's maybe like, you know, 20 frames per second at any given time. But I haven't had any major bugs or glitches. Like, I haven't had any crashes. I haven't had, I've had some small visual stuff. But based off of like what the internet has talked about, I haven't had any huge problems like that yet. So. That's that's another big reason why I'm like, okay, it's not so bad as I would have nice. thought. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. That's even more reason why you need to play Pokemon Arceus. I think you would like that one even more so than this one because, you know, it cuts out the whole, like, it's definitely more bare bones in the sense that it doesn't have, like, that gym aspect, you know, all the little mini game puzzles, blah, blah, blah. But it's very, it's raw, bro. It's raw Pokemon catching. It's that catchathon. You're going around, and you, but you still get to progress the story. So I think that you okay. would like that one even more than Violet. Okay, okay. Uh, for my final honorable mention, I would like to, you know, this may be in a little, this is a little bit of an upset here. Maybe. But for me, it's going to have to go to High on Life. Justin oh, Roiland's uh, okay. latest game that just popped out, uh, what, two weeks, three weeks ago. It was a really fun game. It was, it was fun. Lots of cringe to it, but lots of fun cringe, in my opinion. But, you know, I think that the kind of mid-gameplay, you know, we've got, you know, char- your, your character is just kind of running around. Your guns kind of feel weak throughout the entire game for the most part. You know, that kind of subtracts from the greatness that the game, I think, could have been. Like, if the gameplay was, like, super tight, I think we've, we've said that, you know, a couple episodes back. If the gameplay was super tight, this would be, a, uh, I would have, like, a way higher opinion of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, honorable mention. 
Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I guess that would be on my honorable mentions as well. I haven't finished it. I know everybody on the internet is like having a war about the jokes and like the comedy yeah. of the game. I like the comedy. My issue is like the <laughs> tightness with the gameplay yeah. for sure. Just like what you said. I actually do have a last minute addition to my, uh, to my honorable mentions. Cause I realize this game is not in my top 10. Okay. I'm assuming a lot of people would assume that it would be. That's Cult of the Lamb. It did not make the top Whoa. 10. Cult of the <laughs> Lamb's not in there. That's crazy. Um, I really enjoyed the game. I thought it was great. But I think what helped, like, kept me from keeping it on the top 10 is the fact that uh, it just had a lot of performance issues when I played it. Mm. That really kind of soured my overall impression of the game, kind of looking back on it. Um and I think when looking at the mechanics and, and stuff standing on their own, I feel like they weren't strong enough to like justify me overcoming the fact that the performance wasn't that great um, to put it on the top of 10 compared to all the other games. Um, that, not, that being said, I'm, they have passed it since I played. I played it basically like day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the game was fantastic, uh, but it was just, it was like, it was it was really good, but not good enough to crack the top ten because at the end of the day, the sim elements, like halfway through the game, pretty much your cult can almost like service itself. Yeah. Um, like well before the end game, uh, the the roguelite elements of like the dungeon runnings aren't too intricate. Um, so like it's just it just didn't get there to that to that level. Um, and if there were no performance issues and the game was really polished, I probably could have overcome that but like having the game hitch every time there's a new day at a certain point mm. just like feeling like the game could not you know handle the load of all the characters in my village that was just kind of frustrating for me so didn't make my top 10 okay cool 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 all right that being said let's let's get into the uh top 10 let's get in the top 10 list and then we'll end with the top 10 the top five games that weren't released this year Okay. Um, I want to do something interesting. All right. I want to start with number one. I want to start with game okay. number one because I feel like there's not a lot. There's not a lot of mystery <laughs> uh, in terms of number one. Damn. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe the results will shock you. So what I want to do is I I don't know what the delay is like, but I'm gonna say one, two, three, and then we're gonna say our number one. And then I'm sure we maybe will be able to figure out number two based off of that. Um, but we'll so we'll try and do one, two, maybe I don't know. We'll see where it goes after we say one, uh, and then we'll start from the back and go up to like number three or whatever. Okay. Uh, I don't think you know we'll get there. But all right, so let's say number one. one after I say three, let's say number one. All right. Uh, one, two, three. Elden Ring. All right, so that's okay. what I thought. That's what easy I thought. Peasy. I, easy peasy. I didn't think it would be too hard of a the discussion uh, or too too big of a surprise to end the show on Elden Ring. Um, at least my two cents on the game. I think the game is a masterpiece for me to be able to put this. I was not that hyped about Elden Ring to be honest. I was mm. never. I was never one of the people that saw the trailers back when Jeff Keighley was real there. I was like, yeah, let's go. This is crazy. Or whatever. Elden Ring. Like, I, I, I was just like, hey, people are hyping this up to massive levels. We're a couple of weeks out. Uh, kind of like I was with the original God of War. 
where it's mm. like, oh, these are coming out. It's getting tens across the board. I guess I'll play it. And after playing it and realizing, man, this game is just revolutionary in terms of game design. This game is doing stuff that I would have never expected to be doing in a game, like the level of exploration where you're just finding stuff. You're constantly unraveling stuff. You're constantly ending up in places you never thought you would end up in. You're having these crazy boss battles out of nowhere, out of thin air. Um, and all of like the weapons and, and everything and all the ways that the world changes after certain events. Like, all that stuff was just truly remarkable. Easily the best from software game ever made. Um, easily one of the best RPGs ever made in the, in, in the sense that I guess it's under the RPG genre. <laughs> it's one of the best games ever made, so that's how I'm coming at conclusion. Um, yeah, the, for this to be like a game that I did not care about ended up just being absolutely moved by and floored by, I think it had to get the number one slot for me. Ditto, bro. I don't, I don't have too much more to say, bro. We've, we, I feel like how many times have we talked about Elden Ring, man? We talked yep. about it. We gave the first impressions. We gave the review. We've done this. We've done that. We talked about it at the game award. Elden Ring is the game of 2022. If you're, if you disagree, you're object. This is a sub. Obviously, <laughs> it's not objective. But I'm saying that you are objectively wrong. There's just no way you mm. can disagree and say that Elden Ring is not the game of 2022. Yeah, like come on, it might be the game of 2021 too. Honestly. I don't even remember what came out last year. Elder Ring took over. Me neither. Me neither. So let's go. Let's go. Fantastic so, game. With that being said, is your number two God of War? I will have to say yes. Um, okay. All right. Was, <laughs> it was is it not on the list? Or? No, it's on it's on my list for sure. I would, but I I had kind of written out a list and then I had to think a little bit while we were you know while we were sitting mm, here. Okay, I was like, okay. dang, why did I type these out this way? Oh no. But I, I think that I I don't know if I was actually thinking of it in order. Uh huh. So I've been I've been doing some rearranging. So I will say God of War is my number two. I don't think any of the okay. other games. There's, yeah, there's no way the other games on my list are better than than God of War. Well, okay, then. So you sound a little confused, but that's all right. Give us a, a, I got the right an idea of what you're feeling about God of War. Like, why, if it is truly your number two, why is it hitting that slot? It's in that slot uh, for the story that it takes you on, the ride that it takes you on. You know, it's definitely a more hands-on story than Elden Ring was. Um, you know, you're, we're, you're sitting here, you you getting, you got these, you know, intricate relationships with, uh, you know, father and son, you know, son and his friend, father and mortal enemy, those types of relationships of, you know, even main character and main antagonist all these relationships are being you know explored in consideration of god of war i think that they you know kind of executed it perfectly they executed every step of the way um to the point where i think when it all came to a little conclusion at the end you know sometimes you you reach the end of a game and you're like damn you feel a little numb you feel like dang that's it bro i'm i'm done i don't have anything left to do but with god of war i felt like wow i felt happiness you know mm -hmm. it wasn't like a, a last of us ending where you know you felt like you're there's nothing left for your character you felt like a sense mm -hmm. of positivity at the end of god of war that i i really appreciated um and i just really enjoyed the story that they told and also you know the gameplay was lit bro you know we're chopping motherfuckers in half that one Sir. that one wolf in uh alfheim 
uh, it's like the wolf type enemy, like the little werewolf, the one where you like just rip his entire face off and his chest. I'm like, damn, bro. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. some crazy enemy. It's <laughs> some crazy uh, combat there. So shout out yeah, to God of War. Crazy uh, kill, kill executions. Crazy sure. kill executions, which they had to include. You know, that's the mainstay of the of the series, of the entire franchise. So I think they did a great job with that. Um, so for that reason, God of War goes in at number two. Nice. So, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything you say. Um, I think in addition to the story, I think a big part of why this game is number two for me is 100% the performances that are attached to that story. I think, you know, coming into God of War 2018, it really was the story was driving everything for me. Obviously, the performances were, were fantastic as well, but it was like, oh, this is a whole new world. Like, this is a whole new style of game. Like, we're getting this cinematic angle. We're going on this journey, and within the first 30 minutes, you realize this is not the God of War you knew. So mm-hmm. everything is like, where, where are we going with this? Like, what, what's going to happen? Coming into Ragnarok, everybody kind of figured, okay, we know what to expect at this point. Um, like, what are they going to do to shake things up or one-up 2018? It seems like the answer is just, know polish and act their hearts out and and just stay the course and 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 just tell their story um and that's what they did like there's some crazy scenes in there like i think a lot of people will talk about the tent scene was being like one of the you know Mm. one of the most emotional scenes and in video games um just like crazy emotion that you can see on these characters faces video game characters faces um awesome combat that one-ups a lot of the biggest moments of god of war 2018 um and just like a true insane sense of scale that dwarfs the first one where like the amount of just things to do the amount of places to go to the amount of just like oh shoot like i didn't i didn't realize that this would be in the game like we're almost wrapped (laughs) it up and we we got all of this there's no way yeah so um god of war 2018 even like as like an action game, this is still my favorite series of all time. Like God of War 2018 was for a long time my favorite game of all time, and Ragnarok replaces that. Uh, although they do have a little competition with Elden Ring and some other games since then, but um, yeah, they absolutely delivered. Uh, no major notes. No major notes. So, Excellent. With that being said, that's our one and two Elden Ring and God of War. I think that didn't come as much of a surprise, but I think the other eight might, depending on the rankings, depending on what we're about to name. So let's start at number 10, all right? Um, let's just keep going with the one, two, three and say it, because now we're just okay. going to be saying crazy. Sh- now we're just going to yeah, be saying all types of stuff. to get a little spicy. So our number 10 game, all right? Okay. We're going we're gonna to repeat it after three. One, two, three. Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, okay. Horizon Forbidden West. So I guess what we can do now, do you have, do you want to take a minute to put numbers on your, on your list? Because I feel like once we start naming games, like you can just say, okay, this game was number X on my list. And we'll just talk about them when we, when we talk about them instead of talking about them twice on the list. I'll do that. So while you're doing that, I'll start with Immortality. Immortality. Coming in at number 10 on my list, um, definitely one of the more unique games I have ever played, period. Um, you kind of go in 
uh, I went in blind. All I knew was, hey, like you're just gonna be given these movie clips and you're gonna use these clips um, to discover more clips until you just have the full picture of the story. I was like, okay, let's do it. That's kind of crazy. Uh, and the way that you can just pick literally any item, pretty much any item in any frame of the clips that you have in a series of like hundreds of clips that just weave together and somehow keep on unraveling the, the mystery, keep giving you more and more footage to deal with. I thought it was super, super cool. The way that you have actors playing as actors who are also playing as actors, like just the crazy level of believability where it's like, oh, like they're acting in these movies. Their performances are kind of cheesy, but totally believable. Like this seems like a legit movie, but then you see the behind the scenes mm. uh, moments in the clips and you're like, oh, this seems pretty real. Like, like it seems like they're messing around and just having a good time as they, you know, put together these films. Uh, and then you kind of learn these dark secrets. And of course, once you find the bigger, like you unco- uncover the bigger mysteries of like what's really going on with all this footage and stuff. Like, obviously that's a big shocking, really cool reveal as well. So um, the only reason that it's so, I guess that's number 10 on my list is because I didn't fully love the way that the last bits of mm-hmm. information unfolded. Once you have like the whole picture, it's kind of just like a random and it doesn't seem like it's the ending is well thought out uh, because I wrote credits and I really needed a lot more time to like piece things together before I really understood what was truly happening. Uh, and I really wish there was some way to stitch it all together. So like credits roll right as I myself kind of put together most of what's happening. And I'm like, Oh man, that's what's going on. Credits roll. And then I can go in and discover a little bit more if I needed to, but it didn't happen that way. So number 10, number 10 for you. Uh, it was number nine for me. I, Ooh, okay. uh, you know, it was you know right there. We were almost at the, at the same point once again. Um, but yeah, I liked it for the pretty much the exact same reasons as, uh, you stated already. I, you know, this is the first time I've played a game, I think like this, where it's like, you know, basically an interactive series of films. It's not really a, you know, there's no, it's not your standard type of gameplay. Mm-hmm. If you, if you guys can under, you know, understand what I'm trying to say here. Um, but coming out of it, I immediately thought to myself, I was like, dang, we need more games like this, more games that just, you know, really kind of push the envelope of what it means to be a video game and can really, you know, kind of like challenge the, the gamers out there to get out of their comfort comfort zones and play something that they, you know, may not be familiar with. Cause I, you know, this game wasn't even on my radar until you put it on my radar hoop. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of sold me with the pitch. I was like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'll like it. Maybe I won't. I'll at least give it a shot. And when I actually played through it, I was like, okay, I can see why people would enjoy this because I, I like that element of like having like a mystery to solve by watching a series of clips. Mm-hmm. Um and overall I thought that the I thought that the I guess the fact that it was, you know, an open-ended story, you know, they mm-hmm. didn't really there's not really a given answer to your questions at the end. The fact that they kind of, you know, want to leave the, the the message or the meaning behind the game up to you, up to the users um as you walk away from the game. I thought that was awesome as well. Um, definitely difficult to understand at times and like you said i i think that it needed to have a bit more of a concrete way to to end Mm -hmm. you know to actually like trigger an ending 
Um, yeah. Cause as you are progressing through the game, you just kind of stumble upon the ending and that doesn't feel it never, it never felt like earn, I would say. So if they had fixed that, yeah. then I could maybe see this game, you know, bumping up a slot or two on, okay. uh, on my, on my top 10 list. But yeah, uh, that is immortality for, for me. Um, so you have horizon just barely <laughs> making it barely in. making so it. Let's, let's hear your pitch on horizon and why it's number 10. Yeah, so I, I like Horizon. I like I like the the franchise. I, at first, I didn't think that I didn't think I would like the franchise. You know, that's the reason why I, I until the year twenty twenty two. That's when I that's when I picked up Horizon Zero Dawn. That's when I picked up the oh, first really? game. Yes, I, I had not. I had no interest in the series. I was just knew that okay, Horizon Forbidden West is around the corner. It's coming out in like you know late January, early, early February. Let me go ahead and you know see what's going on with the series. And you know actually you know, kind of grew a bit of a, uh, like an appreciation for, you know, Aloy's story. You know, I kind of mm-hmm. care about this world a little bit, you know, but beyond that, I think that there are some gameplay elements that kind of set this game back. Um, just the fact that it does still feel like a, it felt like a last generation title in, mm-hmm. in some ways or the game. Like, I think that maybe, we as a society need to move away from <laughs> so okay. many of these, uh, you know, large scale games where there just seems like there's a bunch of stuff on the map, you know, the Ubisoft style games where there's a bunch of stuff on the map that you should just go and complete. You know, I mm-hmm. think we talked about it a lot with Elden Ring, how they kind of brought it forth, like, you know, this form of natural exploration. That's the type of shit that I love. That's the type of shit that gets you to the top of the, you know, game of the year list. When you just, you know, put out when you put out you know a bunch of like side quests like around the map and you're just kind of you know filling out check boxes mm-hmm. then you kind of end up getting you know a little bit lower you know that that you know i may have liked that you know a couple years ago may have liked that you know when i was younger but now i'm kind of getting over it so that's why horizon kind of you know falls so low on the list but the reason why it is even on the list at all the story man i i, I know some people may not you know agree with this but i'm pretty immersed in, in the world of uh, of Horizon, I want to know more about like you know how we ended up in this world. You know, I think they've done a good job so far about you know explaining how hum- humanity has reached this point. But I want to know more, and I also want to see the conclusion of uh, you know Aloy's you know various friends, all the tribes and whatnot. Um, and I'm excited to see how it all pans out in Horizon Three, whenever that comes out, probably in a couple years from now. Nice. So Horizon was my number eight game on my list. Okay. Um, I I think I was, you know, I knew I was going to be a little farther behind on the list, but I was like, at the end of the day, I really did enjoy this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Same here. And for how big the game is, yeah, it is big. Yes, yeah, like a lot of just random side missions. But I think, like, when I really think back at my time during the game, I pretty much had a good time through most of that game to the majority of that game. And it wasn't until the very end that I started to get really fatigued. And by that point, I already had dozens of hours into the game. Uh, and like looking back, I took so many photos. I think the game is gorgeous. <laughs> and that's like one of the few games where I actually wore out the photo mode feature. Um, I really did enjoy like engaging with all the monsters and stuff. I like how they switched up, uh, like how, you know, climbing the tall necks works, all that stuff. Mm. Um, and like you said, I do still enjoy the story of like how this past, this futuristic past has brought a, brought like this 
uh, caveman-esque uh, like present. Um, so I'm still interested in the story. I, I do think we jumped the shark a little bit at the ending of that game uh, <laughs> in, in like two specific, two very specific moments. Uh, but overall, I did enjoy it. I'm, I will play the next one, absolutely. And um, I, I do think people are starting to like, sour on horizon forbidden west the farther we get away from it <laughs> and i think we were one of the first people to, to be like that as well because we were a couple couple months after we played it we were like wait a second this game ain't even that good but i do think <laughs> i do think it's a good game but i think there is way more potential in there i think yes. that's the only problem is a lot more potential so number eight on my list nice all right uh did you already say your number nine yes it is immortality all right uh, I guess I will go ahead and say my number nine then. Uh, my number nine, Neon White. Neon Whoa. White coming in yet at number nine. Wait, uh, that is not even on my list. I forgot to put it on. I guess oh, I never finished no, it. Sweet. Yeah, I so I also never finished it, which is why it's a little farther back. But I did want to give it give it its flowers because um, I think the game is incredible in terms of like how it's designed um obviously like in terms of like my nitpicks with the game i've talked about it several times the the dialogue is always oh, horse or dog water horse poop uh and you know Heresy. i'm not a fan of the voice <laughs> voice acting either no offense mm-hmm. to, to anybody that that worked up put, put hard on or voice into that game but uh the gameplay the speed running aspect is incredible like the way that that gameplay sings when it like all comes together is super cool like all you really need is like three or four friends to have also have the game and have played it at some point in time enough to log scores and you immediately have like there's a really cool like ghost mechanic system where hey you're chasing your friend's time honestly if they even if they haven't played this game in months like that (laughs) leaderboard just sitting there is going to have you chasing your friend's time and really wanting you to to do whatever you can to shave off precious seconds on your runs milliseconds on your runs um and the levels and the gameplay itself is just so polished uh that i never felt like the game was really getting in my way or causing me to lose time on my own runs. Like the game somehow is just developed in a way that, that makes it so that, Hey, like we're completely out of your way. We're giving you these cars. You use them to your best of your ability. And if you can, you know, master them, you're going to, you're going to do what you need to. It's never like you're fighting with the controls. You're fighting with the mechanics or how the cars work or anything like that. It's kind of like, it all just kind of works. And they're all just tools to, ultimately increase your time and in some ways i'm sure i know for a fact people have broken this game in a way that the developers (laughs) haven't intended to to you know get even faster times than you would have expected so um shout out to neon white i wish it was a little higher on the list but one i didn't finish and two some of these other games just for me personally uh i had a more complete experience with Mm -hmm. um and the dialogue was better in basically every other game that I'm going to talk about. So there you go. Neon White number nine. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, it wasn't on your eight. list. Do you want to? Do you want to say anything or just keep going? I'm like, you know, I think you know we're kind of we're we're pushing yeah, it on we're, time we're, a little bit. We're pushing a little time. It's the game of the year episode. That is so true. It is a little long, but since it's not on your list. I guess you don't get to talk about it. Number Dang. eight. What is your number eight on the list? My number eight is Cult of the Lamb. A Ooh, game that I thought okay. I thought this game would be a little bit higher, 
um, you know, based off of, you know, the amount of time I put into it. Um, unlike you, I didn't run into um, any, you know, hiccups with performance. So, you know, I, that automatically, you know, took those worries away from me. But there's mm-hmm. just so many other better games, unfortunately. So this game did end up getting slotted at number eight. Cult of the Lamb for me was highly anticipated. And I think that personally, it did not fail to deliver what I wanted. And when I saw the game, what I saw, what I, when I saw what it was, I immediately thought Animal Crossing meets Binding of Isaac. And that's exactly what I got. I will agree to the um, fact that, you know, I think some they spread themselves a bit thin, you know, so some of the mechanics of the game weren't as fleshed out or as deep and intricate as they could have been. But I think that's all right. Overall, mm-hmm. I had a great time. And uh, just having that mashup, that like kind of crossover of genres um, was enough to do it for me. I thought that the story or, like, you know, like I said, it was very light on story. But I thought that it was mm-hmm. still like, you know, relatively interesting um, being a little lamb who is trying to fight against like, you know, higher uh, otherworldly gods, basically, um, in order to basically stay alive really you had yep. you had to you had to kill to kill to live uh, while also trying to you know maintain this relationship with your uh your cult um i thought it was all very fun and i thought that uh overall the gameplay was uh it was a hoot it was a fun thing to, it was a fun time to play um so much so that i 100 percent of the game on steam um I, I put in the extra work i put in the extra hours to make sure uh, that i make that happen um wow. so yeah man i was High praises for Cult of the Lamb, and I think it deserves my uh, number eight spot. Okay, okay. Uh, I guess moving on, we're talking about number seven. Neither of us have revealed number seven, right? And I'm assuming we're back in sync. Yeah. Okay, okay. So it seems like number seven, a little anti I don't know. Once again, I don't know how Riverside is going to manage to sync this up, but yours is Plague Tale. Mine is The Case of the Golden Idol. Why don't you start us off with Plague Tale um, and why it hit number seven? Plague Tale Requiem, the sequel to Plague Tale's Innocence. Uh, I thought it was just a phenomenal game. Um, it was definitely, I think I also, this was another game that I hopped onto, or a series franchise that I hopped onto late. Um, I'm trying to remember, was it this year or was it last year that I picked up uh, Plague Tale Innocence? I think it was this year in anticipation once again for the sequel mm-hmm. game so i was like okay i gotta play plague tale so that way i know what's going on with these damn rats and i fell in love with the first game so i knew all right i must i must love the second game because it's gonna have more of the same um style of combat it's gonna have more of the same like level of storytelling and you know kind of like high stakes you know action and i think that they delivered i think plague tale requiem delivers it ends in a way that kind of you know was a bit unexpected for me, um, but overall, I thought it was a very fun. Uh, it was a fun game to play, and also a very interesting story to uh, to watch play out and, and unfold. I will say that you know f- parts of the story ended up being a little. You know, there were, there were some lulls. I would say, you know, kind of, I kind of scratched my head, and I was like, uh. Let's get let's get moving, you know. Let's <laughs> let's get a little bit to the action. Let's let's move forward. We don't need to drag our heels on this one. 
mm-hmm. uh, just for the sake of dragging our heels. I think that the the first game kind of had like this perfect length. You know, we're hitting like you know, boom, 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 eight or eight or ten chapters or something of just high octane action. This one kind of had a couple of like you know, low action chapters, which I don't think um, serviced it in any way, except for kind of showing off the it's like its graphical prowess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, overall number seven game. I think it it deserves that slot. Um, Interesting, hundred times over. And I know you you still haven't played Requiem yet, have you? I've started it. I just you started it. it. Okay, you never finished it. I'm telling yeah. you, it's it's I'm, worth a it's worth a finish for sure. I'll, I'll put the time in today. I'm very surprised that it, it ranks higher than for Horizon. That's a pretty big yes, pretty big one. So um, yeah, I'll definitely finish it. I'll give obviously give my thoughts on the podcast. I like uh, shorter I games. Do. I think that's um, my. Uh, I think like shorter games, even though this mm-hmm. game is still long as hell, but it's not, uh, it's shorter than horizon. <laughs> That's true. A lot of games are, which is, uh, if you like shorter games, then you will like my number seven pick, which is the case of the golden. I yeah. talked about it pretty recently. Um, this game is a puzzle game. It's kind of like a fill in the blank game based off of like the chapter and the scene that you're given. Um, this game kind of caught me by surprise. I heard some, rumblings about it at the end of the year so i decided to pick it up play it and i had a really good time with it i think you know it's uh it's been a while since i played a really really solid puzzle game and this is a game that definitely was you know had me scratching my head at moments trying to figure Mm -hmm. out what that was going on but at the same time when i saw the each chapter i was like dang like i'm like i did it like dang i can't believe I, i picked that up i bet nobody else picked that up you know just these small little things and then once you solve it, you get that satisfaction of feeling, oh, I figured it out. But you also get that interesting satisfaction of, hey, this is a little bit, this is a little piece into the overall story that mm. they're telling here. We're like, oh, okay, like I couldn't figure this thing out. You're like, of course, this person did it, right? Like this guy had to do it. Like I have it all figured out. And then you eventually figure out, like, oh, it wasn't this person, it was this other person. And you're like, oh, shoot. Well, this changes the story as I know it so far, and it kind of keeps building upon itself. So um, I really think that's interesting, and I really think about – I really enjoy how they play around with um, the different pieces that you need to figure out, uh, especially once it all comes together at the end. I really enjoyed it. Great puzzle game. Highly recommend it. So came out at number seven. Cool. Uh, moving right along. We're coming in at number six. Hold uh, on one second. I got to take a sneeze break. All right. Number six. Or no. Number. Yeah. Number six. You're number six. Okay. On three. Or after three. Uh, one, two, three. Tiny Citizen Kin. Sleeper. Citizen okay. Sleeper. Okay. Uh, Tiny Kin was my number uh, five, actually. Okay. So, interesting. Just one, one, one above you there. Uh, so, uh, I guess I'll talk about Citizen Sleeper first, and we'll both say our tiny can spiels. But Citizen Sleeper for me um, came in at number six. I think it's a fantastic game. It's one of those other games that we're playing as believing. Um, I don't think that any trailer or, or gameplay, quote unquote, would do it justice because a lot of the game is just static. A lot of the game, mm-hmm. you are dealing with static characters, uh, you're reading a lot, and you're kind of making decisions on the fly. Um, but the way the game is written is just, I think, masterful. Like it is like playing through a novel. Um, it is like, you know, reading a book that has 
active visual elements guiding you along your your journey and your story uh, and also like little gameplay elements that you can do to take the story whatever path you choose um, I was definitely shocked at how engaged I was in this game uh, I was definitely shocked at how effective they were at putting pressure on me as a player to feel the urge that I need to act or I need to do things because I don't, I'm going to be in trouble if I don't, or I'm not going to survive if I don't solve these things. And like, I think an interesting part about that is like, you're also dealing with the thought in your head that, Hey, even though I need to act, even though I have like 10 days or 10 cycles to, to solve this, um, there is still a level of randomness to this journey, right? Like you roll dice every day. I mean, you could roll all ones and twos, and that could mean you're kind of screwed. So it adds a little extra effort or a little extra spice onto the pressure and to the stress where you're like, I have 10 days to complete this or five cycles to complete this, and I don't even know if I'll have the right rolls at the beginning of the, the day to make this happen. And if I don't, like, I'm really going to be coming down to the wire when I use my dice to basically do a probability roll for any of these actions to, to see if I'm gonna actually make it in time. So and a lot of these like little scenarios cut it super close. Um, so yeah, the way this game creates engagement and, and interaction and, and fun out of such a pretty simplistic, the gameplay model isn't simplistic, but obviously like the visuals and everything else is. So. Um, yeah, I, I loved it, man. I think definitely one of the best narratives of the year, right behind God of War for me, um, and Immortality. So, shout out to Citizen Sleeper. I think a lot of people should play this one. I will say, you know, this is a, you know, I'm not trying to take away from from Citizen Sleeper. Personally, I did not care for it. You know, I put in, I put oh, in, you know, I put in a little bit of time on it. But I just think that that CRPG style of gameplay, where you know you're doing a lot of reading is not for me in my current state. You know, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, we got, you know, resolutions of reading books. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll unlock my chakra. It'll unlock my book chakra, my reading chakra a little bit. Um, so I'll be able to come back to the game. I think that I kind of gave it a bit of an unfair shake. So I will, you know, consider revisiting it at some later date in time. Yeah, for sure. I think that is a totally valid hurdle that most people, people or roadblock most people will come into or it's like the game is just a lot of reading like it is essentially a book with visual aids like a choose your mm -hmm. own adventure book with visual aids and like the the randomization element um but if you can get past that i do think it is a pretty is a really solid story so i think that's totally fair nice tiny can nice. Tiny Kin is at my number six. You said it was at your number five, right? Yep. Yep. Um, what more can we say about Tiny Kin, bro? This is another mm -hmm. game that I think that we just absolutely gushed over. The game, in its you know at its core, is a collectathon. You're going around collecting various, you know, literally just collecting things. You're collecting Tiny Kin. They're little small alien creatures. You're collecting little music or you know little. Are we collecting Nugget. music notes? No nuggets, nuggets. That's right. The little gold nuggets. You're collecting various little, I guess, like quest pieces for other people mm -hmm. in order to progress the game and move, you know, various side quests forward. And I know for you know, off off on paper, it may not even it may not sound that fun, but it's not until you actually put your hands on the game. I think it's another you know, seeing uh you know, playing is believing type of game where you know once you start seeing the little uh I guess like 
I don't know, the little counters, you know, kind of add up and saying, all right, you got like you know, 20 out of 100, then the, the neurons start firing in your brain, at mm-hmm. least for me and, and me and you, you know, it starts firing in your brain. You start thinking to yourself, oh, wait a minute. This is fun. I want to I want to collect more. Let me just collect more. You just have to have it. You just have to, you know, get as many as you can of whatever resource is currently in front of you. And I think that the the game does a very good job of not making things too like, you know, uh, I guess like gameplay wise, like too challenging. You know, I think in some of like our the older games, like, you know, your old Mario's, your old Donkey Kong's or whatever, they would have you doing these impossible ass challenges. Like, oh yeah, do a backflip <laughs> here and platform here all while the camera is not working with you. Yeah. Um, just to unlock one little star. Shit like that that just doesn't make any sense. Tiny Ken, on the other hand, is it feels like a modern platformer. It feels like a modern collectathon. And Despite not necessarily being the most rewarding at the end, you still feel a sense of accomplishment for what you've done, you know, because your brain is telling you, it's like, oh, yeah, you did a good job, bro. You collected all those little tiny little meaningless things. So you're yeah. you're 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 good to go. So, I mean, one more, like I said, what more can we say about the game? Yeah, for sure. Number is my number five. Everything you said was accurate. It's just like a game that made me feel good immediately when i like immediately when i took control of the character and i was able to like mm. surf around on that little board i had like fallen in love with the game and i yes. you know i had that feeling my entire playthrough uh with the game like i, I never had a moment where i was like ah, this is getting kind of boring this is getting kind of old it was always like oh i can't wait to see what's in this corner of this map i can't wait to see <laughs> how i'm gonna get up there or i can't wait to see what the new map is um and it had my interest the whole time even though like the gameplay itself or like the overall, you know, thing to keep you going, the plot itself was anything too crazy or, or, or too motivating. Um, it was just like a really, really polished, great Nintendo game that wasn't made by Nintendo effectively. Um, mm. And got to shout out the team for such a cool, polished, like well-designed and really creative visually uh, and me- mechanically game. So uh, shout out to Tinykin. What's your number five? My number five, Pokemon Arceus. Ooh, it made okay. it to the top five. I never, you know, when we're looking, when we talk about modern day Pokemon, you know, we don't have a lot of, you know, high regards. You know, a lot of times you think of, like, you know, like we mentioned earlier, Sword and Shield, that really tanked a lot of people's opinions of Pokemon. Arceus was the game to bring life back into Pokemon. With hands down, without a doubt, um, sure it was a spinoff game. Um, however, you know, like we've mentioned about Pokemon Violet, they've taken some of those elements from the spinoff and they've slapped it right in the in the Pokemon into the main uh, state game. And I mm-hmm. think that you know you got to give credit to to the OG where where it all comes from. And Pokemon Arceus was the one that was that was the Pokemon game for me, bro. You start off, you know. It's like an isekai um, anime. They drop you in the middle of nowhere. I feel like there's a. I feel like at least fifty percent of the Pokemon spinoff games are like are about like just dropping a like somebody off in a random location. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, bro. We know you knew about Pokemon in your old world, but now you're here. Now, now, now you're just gonna do something different. Like you know, Mystery yeah. Dungeon. They drop you off. You are a Pokemon. Now you're in ancient Pokemon times, you know, ancient Japan, and you're running around catching Pokemon for the OG Pokedex. Like that shit just like you know, that 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 premise by itself was already enough to hook me. Then you mm-hmm. add in the, you know, the awesome gameplay loop where you're going around, you're catching Pokemon, um, just off rip everything. You don't have to like 
battle Pokemon in order to catch them. It's kind of like they add a little stealth mechanic. You sneak up behind a Pokemon, mm. you just go, boom, you're catching somebody over there. <laughs> boom, you just catch like, you know, six uh, Zigzagoon, six uh, Bulbasaur, just off rip, just having a good old time. And then you can, but then they also still keep that, a little bit of that, you know, OG Pokemon DNA from the original games. You still get to battle some trainers. You still get to train, you know, interact with your Pokemon. Just a fun ass situation to be okay. in. Um, and I think that the story um, wasn't half bad. You know, I think that it's probably better than most mainline Pokemon games. I think that, you know, a lot of times it, it, it kind of brings me back to some of the OG games because I think that I don't know why they've done this, but, you know, in recent mainline Pokemon games, we moved away from like a bit uh, like, I don't know, the stakes just don't seem as high, even it's though. It's like, not world anymore. It's not what now? It's not world ending. We don't have Kyogre and Groudon. Right, exactly. The, the world ending stakes are not there. Sure, I think Sword and Shield did have that, but it, it didn't feel evil. It felt like uh, <laughs> it felt like a mistake. It was like, uh-oh, we almost accidentally ended the world. I need yeah. some evil motherfuckers trying to end the world and shit. And that's where I think we got a little bit back to that in uh, Pokemon Arceus. So oh, okay, that's okay. the that's the type of gameplay I like to see. I like to see the, the world at, at, at stake. Um and yeah, I like I mentioned you you gotta play this one after you're done with Violet. You know, sure you I don't know if you you want to wait until next Christmas to play it or you know you'll get it you know for your birthday whenever. You know, I don't think it's a rush, but definitely should be a must play for you. Okay, okay. Uh, I guess moving on to number four. Number four. Okay, uh, I'm interested. Same time. Yeah, yeah we'll let's see. see it. Uh, one, two, three. Kirby Tunic. and the Forgotten Land. Okay, <laughs> okay, so my number three was number three Tunic. Tunic. My number three was Kirby. Okay. <laughs> we switched them. We switched All right, them. so I guess uh, I think these are definitely interchangeable. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, Kirby, for me, uh, was just a fantastic game. Hella polished. I have never given a damn about Kirby. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> This game changed all of that. I was like, wait a second. This is fun as hell. Every level was just so well thought out, well designed. They just had that Nintendo magic that, you know, the same way I I felt when I was playing Mario Odyssey. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Like, they they came up with some pretty interesting ways to evolve evolve Mario here. I played, you know, Kirby, Forgotten Land. I was like, wait a second. This game is, you know, this is changing my, the way I think about Kirby here for a second. Mouthful mode. Like all the time challenges, <laughs> like the little, mode. like the little bonus stages, just being like designed perfectly, just so like you just barely make a lot of the like super hard advanced challenges, stuff like that, and then you like finish the game, and there's even more content after that. The bosses and all the extra like you know qualifiers that you can hit or bonus challenges you can hit in each boss battle, fantastic. Um, but the only reason it's number four is because Tunic just hit me a little different. Tunic just hit me a little different. Um, okay, okay. So we can uh, – do you want to talk about Kirby or do you want to talk about Tunic and then we'll swap? How do you want to do it? Let's just go and get Kirby out of the way. Okay, I mean, okay. We'll, we'll go all in on, on Tunic. Um, Kirby, for me, you know, hit my number three spot, you know, which I guess technically is the number one spot when you think about it because Elden Ring and God of War were kind of – you know, in their own league, really. Um, (laughs) Kirby, just like you said, they really flipped the script 
on what it meant to be a Kirby game. I think if I'm not mistaken, there was a previous iteration of Kirby where you there was like this, you know, 3D, you know, platforming. I think that was Kirby 64, the Crystal Shard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, I didn't have a 64 growing up. I wasn't playing that game, and I don't even nobody even talks about that game. Nobody gives a damn about Kirby 64. <laughs> That's because sure. Kirby at, at its core was a 2D platformer where you're going around sucking up, you know, enemies, getting their abilities, copying, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, obviously you had Kirby Air Ride, you know, goaded race game or whatnot. All right, this game topic, okay. It's a little off topic, sure, sure. <laughs> Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Man, that from the story beats, you know, it's not really, you know, too crazy. It's not really too heavy in the beginning, but then in the end, you get all these like, you know, wacky situations with all the characters. You're just like, what is going on in this game? Like, why are we doing? Why is Kirby even in this situation <laughs> to begin with? Yeah, to the gameplay loop that, like, you're talking about, like each individual level kind of, you know, is its own little contained thing, and it's like perfectly polished. To the music, the music was bumping the whole time. And I, I mean, there's just not the, the game is just fun, bro. It, it's a fun, polished Nintendo game. I wish that every Nintendo game could kind of like live up to this. This is definitely with it, it adds, you know, to the list of like the the ultimate Switch games, in my opinion. You know, you've got yeah. Mario Odyssey, you've got Breath of the Wild, and now you've got Kirby. Those are like the big three, in my opinion, for you know single player based or single player Nintendo Switch games. We need a mm-hmm. we you know Donkey Kong where you at bro? We can we could it's use you up there. He's coming around if the corner. He could he could be up in there. Like if they made if they made a you know don- like a new 3D platformer Donkey Kong that is basically a new and improved version of Donkey Kong 64. Mhm. I'm just saying bro. They they could really uh they could really use that Nintendo polish there. But it regardless <laughs> Kirby Forgotten Land, phenomenal game. I think I, I think I 100%ed it. Um, I think I may have mentioned that. Yeah, I think but you yeah. have. Yeah, it's um, super fun. I love it. Also, shout out to the ending of Kirby, basically being like a DBZ episode. Like it's, it always is. The, right? level, the level of absurdity we got going on there. Yeah, just you know, it, it, the the stakes are always way higher than they need to be. But you have to realize it's because Kirby himself is a god basically he was yeah, created basically. as a celestial be he was a failed experiment of a celestial being and he's supposed to like you know be super violent and destroy people but What's he like that? got you know he got like dropped on his head or like lost or something <laughs> like you know kind of like goku in Dragon Ball i don't remember exactly but yeah, i'm dead ass this lore is legit lore it is legit lore and so he forgot his like the kirby manga I'm, I'm speaking from the Kirby manga. He forgot his like OG like purpose, his like programming. So all he could think about was like, mm, I'm hungry. I'm eating. So that's why he always wants like cake. He always wants to eat cheesecake, <laughs> strawberry shortcake instead of like oh, you know, no. going around fighting people and shit. But he can okay. still do it though. He can still beat somebody's ass if he needs to. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so the last game on my list, Tunic, uh, came yes. in at number three. Uh, I know there's a lot of controversy on this game. A lot of people are like, oh, it's not that great. It's like, all that? right. I'm seeing a lot of discourse. Some people saying, oh, maybe it's overrated. Oh, like the, the gameplay isn't that good. And I was I'll give you, hey, the gameplay isn't amazing, all right? It's, it's, it's simple, a little yeah. Souls-like-esque gameplay. It's a little too challenging for no reason in terms of like some of the boss fights and stuff. But guess what? None of that matters, all right? Because the magic that this game has deep within its roots 
is unrivaled, all right? The reason this game is number three is because this game was able to make me feel things I may have never felt before, all right? Like the magic of playing this game made me feel like a little kid when I'm like reading Primera guides and I'm unlocking secrets <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts 1. I'm unlocking secrets like of the unknown in Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green. Yeah. Like, this game was somehow able to evoke those motion emotions from a 28-year-old man. I was 27 at the time, if that makes a difference. But like... <laughs> the level of just care and details where it's like basic ass functionalities of the game are obscured for for a good reason right just so you can have that sense of discovery where it's like shit like how the how how do i level up in this game like am i gonna get stronger and then eventually at some point they teach you hey all you got to do is this. You could have did it the whole time. You could have figured mm-hmm. out the whole thing from the mm-hmm. day one, from the very beginning. But they do it in such a clever way that it's like, hey, like, we're not going to make it as simple and as, like, straightforward as it would be in any game. So you can't just stumble upon it by accident. Like, it's just a little more obscure than it needs to be so that you you get some value out of learning it when we want you to learn it. Um, and that's basically how the entire game is up to the very last minute of the game where you finally Mm-mm-mm. put everything together and you roll the true ending. And you're like, no effing way, dude. Like, no way is like, has this all been coming together since minute one? You know what I mean? Like, the the way that it all comes together to give you that true ending is just some shit that I have, like, it's just perfect, right? It's like, sometimes you'll play games, you'll play fucking, you were playing Kingdom Hearts back in the day, and it's like, oh, if you do all of these things, you'll unlock the true ending, you'll get the cutscene. But nine times out of ten in those, like, games, the stuff that you have to do it's like so obscure that you're mm-hmm. not doing it unless you're a super fan or you, you know, have the guide that tells you exactly what you need to do. Tunic has some hella ex- obscure things, but you can find them all on your own. You don't need to use guys online. You don't need to use, you know, uh, you don't need to be the biggest super fan. If you try hard enough, if you pay attention to the clues, you will figure out how to unlock some really, really cool and rewarding secrets uh, in the game. And I think the way this game has been designed um, is work of art, honestly. And the music's fire. The visual style is fire as well. Um, I love this game, man. I did not expect to, this game to be one of my favorite games of the year. And here we are, 2023, and I still can't stop thinking about Tunic. So there we are. Tunic, for me, I think is definitely, like, you know, I agree with all, everything you said. This shit is like one for the history books, man. This is the, like game designers, game devs should study tuning. It gave, you know, obviously it is a very different style of game, but it gave, it came out so close to Elden Ring that it, I was able to really draw the parallels between the two. I looked at Tunic, I looked at Elden Ring, and the big word in between them was just discovery. The way that you discover things in this game just felt so natural. It never mm-hmm. felt like too, like you said, it was never too obscure to the point where you're just like, okay, this isn't fun. It always felt fun. It always felt rewarding when, by the time you got to like a new mechanic. You always felt like, ooh, okay, I can do this. And then, like you said, the whole surprise factor where you sit there and you realize, you're like, wait a minute, I could have literally done this 
the second I booted up the game, the second I yeah. like the minute I booted up the game, I could have done X, Y, and Z, but you just didn't know. You didn't know because mm-hmm. the game didn't tell you. And how how would you know? But you know, I guess like being able to kind of learn that as you play was such a you know an awesome like uh, once in a lifetime kind of. I don't I won't say once in a lifetime, but once in a <laughs> blue moon type yeah, of opportunity that I feel like not a lot of games um, are able to surprise you like that. Um, and I'm on it. I, I, it's got me. You know, I feel a little spoiled, honestly. So I'm like, when, what's going to be the next game that's going to hit me like tuning? Yeah. I, yeah, I have no idea when that's going to happen, but I'm always going to be hoping that something like that will occur again in my lifetime. So, I mean, tuning, yeah. like you said, the music was fantastic. Um, I guess this is another one of those story light games. You know, we, we're not really focused too heavily on the story mm-hmm. because everything is all focused on those puzzles, bro. The puzzles mm-hmm. and like just the mechanics of the game that were obscured. That's the that's the meat and potatoes of the game. That's what you need to look for. And for those people out there who said tuning is overrated, I want some of what you've been smoking. I would love <laughs> to smoke what you've been smoking on because who who really was talking who was talking about tuning like that, bro? I, like I mean, it may it may be overrated between you and I because we don't yeah. we the only people that have been talking about it. That's true. I, that's I, true. I, I haven't seen a single other soul talk about tuning. So I don't know what those people are talking about. They're definitely smoking that good good. Um, and I think that they're wrong. Once again, they're objectively wrong. We're right. Uh, Tunic is an amazing game, and it deserves that number three, number four spot for both of us. And I would say, in addition to like your comments on the story, that's another big part of why I like this game because on the surface, it definitely paints it as like this looks like a dang children's game. Like this yeah. is like so cutesy. This is oh, we got a little fox look like Zelda. <laughs> Zelda, and then uh, like one, the game is hard as hell, which uh, that part didn't need to be there. It didn't need to be as hard as it was. But two, like by the time you get to the end of the game, it's like yo, like I would have never thought we are. It's kind of like Kirby, where it's like, how do we end up here when we started in this like little world, this little cutesy world? Know, how bro. do we end up know. here? Like. So like it's like all of those moments, it kind of has like that little that little nightmares effect or that mm. little like that insider limbo effect where it's like, okay, we're starting oh teehee, little cute cute shadow kid, teehee, little little kid in the little nightmare world. And then by the end of the game, you're like, How did we end you're here? Like, like, <laughs> like you start getting clues and stuff where you're like, wait a second, like why what the hell? So this thing isn't what I thought it like this isn't like, say what this like, we're going where what's happening so you know i i love games that do that and kind of like love to show you a little deep a little piece of darkness behind like the cutesy everything is, is fun uh facade so shout out to that part as well um since this episode is going long we're at like an hour and a half i will save the best games that we played that didn't come out in 2022 for next week but there you have it, guys. I think we covered some really good games. Obviously, these are games that we've been talking about all year for the most part. Um, the definitive winners, of course, uh, Elden Ring, God of War is our one and two slot. No surprise there. But we also have a lot of other great games. And I think based off of all of our discussions that we've had today, uh, a lot of these games are must plays. If you, if you like what we've been saying, I think you should definitely give a lot of these games, especially the indie games, a try. A lot of them aren't that long. Um, so you can play them, enjoy them, and move on with your life and get ready for uh, our Lord and Savior Hollow Knight Silk Song whenever that comes out. Um, 
So with that, Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for listening. As always, all of the links to the show will be found in the description. And while you're looking in the description, just go ahead and rate us five stars on your podcasting platform of choice, preferably Mm -hmm. iTunes or Spotify. Thank you all for listening. Go ahead and subscribe so you can catch more episodes this year. 2023 is going to be a crazy year. People always say that, so I'm going to say it too. It's going to be crazier. You don't know what we have in store because I don't know what we have in store either. So, you know, it's just going to be a surprise. It's going to be a little adventure. So get yourself, get your friends, jump on the bandwagon, subscribe, join the Discord, have a good time. Big shout out, as always, to Aaron Miller for the intro music. You can follow him at the Miller Channel on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on social media as the Hoop Man, where the E is a three. You can find my co-host Arsin, as Pax Arsenica on Twitter and Twitch, or Arsin Lapa on Instagram. And until next time, guys, keep gaming. Game on, folks. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs>